0: Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we'll explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with members of Collaborative Divorce Vermont. Joining us today are Michelle Tarnelli, an attorney in Burlington, Vermont, Rebecca Ruid, a mental health professional in Wilmington, Vermont, Michelle Cortez Harkins, a certified divorce financial analyst in Walcott, Vermont, and Richard Witte, a mental health professional in Underhill Center, Vermont. Thank you all for joining us today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: So let me let me begin, first of all, by asking each of you Uh, what attracted you uh, to the collaborative divorce process? Uh, And Michelle, as an attorney, you've been in divorce for a while. Why don't you start with that first of all and tell us what attracted you to collaborative?
2: Sure. Well, first, I want to thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate getting the opportunity to be here. Um, What attracted me to collaborative divorce was first, just, you know, I've seen and after having a deck more than a decade of litigation experience, just seeing how difficult that process is for my clients and for families. Um, and I also really was attracted to the team approach that collaborative takes. Um, you know, and I when I started litigation, I had to do what we call a paradigm shift to to litigate. And I feel like doing this work is much more true to who I am as a professional and the kind of work I want to be doing.
0: Uh, and so let's let's turn now to Rebecca Ruid. Rebecca, what attracted you to the collaborative process? You're not an attorney.
3: I'm not. I am a mental health provider and I've been working with um, youth and families for over 20 years. Um, and doing that work, I see the impact of really high conflict divorces um, or family relationships has on children and on The caregivers themselves. So I know that that high level of animosity and discord leads to an increased risk for emotional, social, behavioral problems um, and other long-lasting impacts. And I really was hoping to help families do it differently.
0: Michelle uh, Cortez-Harkins, you are a financial professional uh, uh, in the divorce area. What attracted you to the collaborative process?
1: Um, I think it was just the ability to share information in a safe environment and being able to use some of the skills and resources that I have to equalize the playing field. So I often say there's one person who's typically the CEO or the family or the CFO, and the other person needs a lot of support to bring them up to the same level. So for me, it's just having that ability to have trust and building good relationships within a divorce process.
0: And then finally, Richard, uh, uh, what 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 about you? What attracted you to collaborative?
4: Um, it, it clearly was the collaborative part, collaborative divorce. Um, I've been in this field for about 40 years or maybe more. Um done worked with a lot of attorneys, worked with a lot of clients going through divorce. Um and just the, the the possibility of having a different outcome where where people are seeking the truth, um, where people are seeking a compassionate um road to the truth, um, have good outcomes. Um, um that was so attractive. Um, you know, so so frequently. We, um, we attempt to create good outcomes at the same time we're we're trying to manage our own fears and helping other people manage their own fears. Uh, and once fear sets in, um, uh, thinking goes, goes down, um, um, care, um, uh, generosity is, uh, is in short supply. And when you develop a team and a trust in the team, uh, and you don't you don't you don't have to um, lose sight of uh, of good outcomes, um, a fair good outcomes. So that was very that was so attractive to me. You know, the last ten years since I've been working in this field.
0: So the the collaborative process itself, how does it work? How is it different from the litigation path? And Michelle, as the attorney, would you would you begin with that?
2: Sure. So how is it? How how does collaborative work? So usually potential clients, people who are interested in the process, they find a professional somehow. So whether it's they are, you know, finding us on the website, talking to a friend, but somehow they get into someone's office, whether it's an attorney, a mental health professional, or one of our financial neutrals. Then we go through what we call an onboarding process, which is, you know, we're getting our team together of the attorneys and the mental health professional and the financial neutral. And then from there, we will, well, I guess, so that we do a whole onboarding process. That's very different from litigation where sometimes people, you start the process when someone is served by a sheriff with paperwork. Um, You know, things that are different from litigation in this process or that one, it's voluntary and you can move at your own pace. So as opposed to being on the court's calendar, um, there is, you know, as Richard said, there's a level of trust that the professionals have, um, where we are committed to transparency and fi- full financial disclosure and really working towards, um, something that's fair and equitable. And, you know, and, and we do that through what we call, you know, something more more like what you consider interest-based negotiations where you're focusing on interests and goals rather than litigation where you're going and taking a position and asking a judge to rule in your favor, you know?
0: So one one of the, one of the important pieces of all of this is, is, is really in the initial commitment. We're not going to go to court, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they will, By agreeing not to go to court, you're going to sign a participation agreement that outlines, you know, the roles that we each have in the process, um, the values that we all share in doing this process. And yes, one of them is that they're committing not to go to court.
0: So, Michelle Cortez, uh, Harkins, turning to you for a moment to talk about your role in the collaborative team as a financial professional. What is it that you do and how is it you help to move the process along?
1: Yeah, so um, what I do is gather all the information. So I think whenever you start thinking about generating options, you need to have a common knowledge of what the financial landscape looks like. And it also, for me, doing that piece of work takes the emotion out of it. Um, It also creates a sense of trust and transparency because now everyone has the same information that we're working from. Um, And I think it's really the basis of where a lot of the um, interest-based discussions start um, originating from. So it's really just laying the groundwork or the framework to creating the framework.
0: So you mentioned earlier about the, that you've, you typically have someone who really knows the family finances and someone else who doesn't. Is part of your role to sort of uh, help to educate the uh, spouse that's not as familiar with it about what they have and what their debts are and those kinds of things?
1: Yeah. And, and it's done in a way that's often um, in consultation with the attorney. So you know, and it can be on both sides too. So even if someone has a lot of familiarity with the finances, you know, they may not um, completely understand what the process looks like. So I think a lot of people go into it with the idea of everything's going to be split down the middle. So everything's going to be 50-50. And so it's, it's an educated process on both sides. So for the person who may not have some familiarity with what their finances look like, it's helpful for them to see and understand what's what's happening. But then also for the other person, it's also helpful for them to kind of start with a clean slate and not have any assumptions about what the process is going to look like financially for them.
0: And Richard, when we think about your role as the mental health professional as uh, in, in a case, what do you do and Rebecca, I'm going to come back to you in a moment because of the, the the family and the child side of that to talk about what you do. But Richard, tell us a little
4: more about about your role in the collaborative process. Well, my probably roles rather than role. Um, I mean, at the very beginning, um, I'm a, I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the gatekeeper. Uh, I would do interviews with the, 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 the two clients. I'll bring um, the information that I I glean and I discover to the attorneys um uh, will uh and and the um, and the uh, financial neutral if she's on board at this point um and then a decision is made by the team to see if this if this is an appropriate um referral. It, usually it is. They're often they're often very difficult. They're also also wonderfully um rewarding. And then we, we start planning. If, if we onboard these folks, we start planning for our meetings. Um, and then the role shifts a bit. Um, sometimes i become, uh, I can't say a, a counselor, but I'll be there to help the, uh, um, uh, guide the, uh, um, the, uh, uh, the clients. There'll be times when I will, um, uh, interpret things, uh, if, If I have something to interpret that's of value to the attorneys, Um, uh, and sometimes I'll I'll intervene to make sure that the attorneys don't lose their way. Um, Although these are handpicked, incredibly smart psychological attorneys, um, there's still uh, there's still the possibility that that they can fall back into some kind of litigious thing. Just as I have the same um, same worry about not becoming neutral. I have to always um, um play that uh, out in it's um, in a really honest way. um so yeah, so my role keeps it's gonna it, uh, it shifts at times uh, during the process
0: and and Rebecca, uh, your how you see your role in some of this?
3: yes, um I mean really my my role and I share the role with Richard as well is, you know, to facilitate communication between our clients. Um, Oftentimes they come in with patterns of communication that haven't been working so well. So it's helping identify that and course correct a little bit to facilitate that toward the goal of effective problem solving. Um, It also is helping our clients identify what their goals are um, and what their interests are, and also highlighting that for their children of helping to amplify the voices of the children and think of what is really best for them in the process, and continuing to bring that into the space and into the room.
0: This and this really is a process that enables the parents to keep their uh, their children at the forefront of decisions that they make right
3: absolutely and that's really you know that was the biggest thing that drew me to this and um the ability of our team to continue to highlight and remind families of that our parents all want that but it's really easy when emotions are high to lose sight of that and so that's really where our team is helpful at bringing families back to that and to that shared goal that both parents have.
0: So Richard and Rebecca and Michelle Cortez Harkins, you are all neutrals, whereas Michelle Tarnelli, you're really not a neutral, uh, in the same sense, but but you are neutrals. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. And and so what does that mean? What does it mean to be a neutral?
1: I'll take a stab at it. Um so for me it means that you absorb and listen to all the information equally and then help generate options or solutions that serve both sides without, a uh, without wanting to provide one side or the other with more than the other. So sort of, um, coming up with a win-win so- solution for both parties, um, And listening to both perspectives. So I think the beauty of collaborative and one of the things that's really attractive to me is that you can really curate a very unique solution to what's happening in your situation. So it's not a cookie cutter like, okay, you're a couple's getting divorced and this is what it's going to be. You can really create very interesting ways of thinking about how things will happen going forward for the family.
0: And then Michelle Tarnelli, you, the, you're not a neutral, but but you are a, a significant part of the team approach to this whole thing, right?
2: Yeah, I think I would. I'm not a neutral, but I would describe myself as a compassionate advocate. So, in other words, you know, I I get to advocate and you know, work with my client, um, educate them about the law, but I'm also doing that without ever having to worry about cross-examining the other spouse, you know, and I think that being considerate of, of this family as a whole, you can do that in, in this job still being an advocate in the collaborative process.
0: So, you, you all had, had mentioned interest and goals and some things like that. How do you begin to get to what those goals might be and the interest that someone may have that they want to make sure that they are taken care of in this regard?
4: I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at that one. We build that in almost from the very beginning, not almost, from the very beginning, um, and <clears throat> One of our first meetings is uh, a goals meeting, where the clients come prepared, having thought through what they want to get out of this process. Not uh, not much. What how the, how to it enable their, them to themselves to get certain positions, but you know uh, what they what they want, and they want to have a relationship afterwards with their with their spouse, uh, their ex spouse. Um, that they want to have their children to be um uh, to have a good relationship with both parents and so these this these go, this goal meetings um meetings um are essential for guiding us to help guide them through the process so it, it starts in the very very beginning it's not just discovered along the way Michelle Cortez
0: harkins you want to add to that
1: yeah, I was just gonna say that sometimes we actually go back and revisit them. So it could be a year out, you know, or a few months out, and we'll go back and we'll say, hey, let's revisit those goals and the interests that we originally had discussed and see if they still ring true. Uh,
0: so the end product. Um uh, how is the end product, the divorce settlement, if you would, better than what? they might have ended up with had they gone to court
2: as michelle cortez harkins had said you know we in collaborative we are able to help generate options and support the parties to a settlement that really fits the needs of their family yes of course the statute matters and is taking consideration but at the end of the day it's it's a very it's a team effort to come up with a tailored approach. For this family, and you know, if if you had to go to court, then you know it could there could be an outcome that that nobody likes or that isn't right for their family. But it, it is sort of it's part of that cookie cutter option that a judge may have in the limited time and the amount of testimony that was given. So you know, it really just it does open the door for more opportunities for families.
0: And and one of those things I think is I understand correctly. Is that it's their agreement? It's not an agreement that you created for them, but it's one that they have created. The couple themselves, is that right?
2: Yeah, and and you know, and, and even in litigation, you know, sometimes that agreement might be driven from, as what Richard points, so is just a place of fear and fear of having to go from in front of a judge. But yeah, and in this process, you are able to come up with agreement that is your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Rebecca, you
0: want to add something to that?
3: I do. I once heard a quote and I wish that I could say who said it. I can't remember, but it um it goes something along the lines of a relationship that ends in conflict never truly ends. And one of the things that I think can really happen with with the end of these situations is that they don't end in conflict. They end with people feeling heard, understood, respected. And so each party can walk forward in a better way
0: um, than when there's litigation. Michelle, anything you want to add to that?
1: No, I think Rebecca said it really well. I think it's just, you know, a a, a gentler, better way to approach a difficult, tough situation.
4: I I also think that Again, I appreciate what Rebecca said. Um, it, it, one of the goals, one of the chief goals is for people to have a life after this process. And they cannot as long as they are still bound um, by all their animosity and resentments and uh, um, and sadness. Uh, and so a good outcome is an outcome where people um, can can remain civil, sometimes friends, but most of all, they're freed up to have um, the rest of their lives.
0: So we're doing this uh, podcast in advance of Divorce with Respect Week, which is coming up March 4th through 8th. Um, And that's an opportunity for someone to talk with uh, uh, you as professionals. And so uh, how should someone prepare to have that consultation with you? What are the kinds of questions that they ought to be thinking about and ought to be asking? and, uh, And even what kinds of information should they bring with them to that initial consultation? Michelle Tornelli
2: So I think for that for that consultation it would be really helpful to understand you know what do you hope for in the process whatever your divorce process would be what are you worried about um and how can I help
0: um, and then uh, uh, uh Rebecca For someone who might be sitting down with you, who perhaps has children and are worried about those kinds of things, how should they prepare for a consultation with you?
3: Yes, I think it's really helpful for them to come in, identifying why they're looking at this process in the first place. I think that can be really informative of what their goals are, Um, and also just understanding a little bit of their story it really is just a conversation that i start with and understanding a little bit about what led here and what are the hopes and goals for the outcomes and what what support may they need to accomplish that
0: Michelle, Michelle Cortez Harkins the same question but from a financial perspective how should someone come into an initial consultation with you
1: yeah i always think that it is a really good fit if it's a situation where um, there can be trust between the two parties. So as Michelle Tarnelli said, we're not going to be subpoenaing anyone for information or trying to dig up accounts. So it really has to be um, a situation where people can trust each other, can share information openly. So I think that's really the piece that needs to be um, they need to have awareness around whether or not this is going to work for them. All right. And
0: finally, Richard, a consultation with you. How should someone prepare?
4: Yeah, I, just, um, I would say just by thinking, uh, just by uh, spending a few moments of time reviewing why uh, this was already stated, why they would consider this as an option, what do they want out of this, what do they want um, their future to look like? And from there, the rest is a conversation. That's right. Uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, we'll, we'll know some of the questions to ask, and they'll prompt us to tell us what other questions we need to ask and and uh, and what what to give them. Um, yeah, so I think it starts with just a reflection.
0: All right. Thank you all very much for joining us on today's podcast. We've been talking today with members of Collaborative Divorce Vermont Um, There will be a link on the website to the Collaborative Divorce Vermont website. You can also get more information about Divorce with Respect Week by going to www.divorcewithrespectweek.com. The dates for Divorce with Respect Week, March 4th through 8th. Uh, And if you go to that website, you can not only find a professional to talk with and to schedule a consultation with, but you can also learn more about Collaborative Divorce. This is Tim Crouch reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.